and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode. Thank you so much for joining me, whether you're a first timer or you've been with us since the beginning, or I don't know, joined halfway. Either way, I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. This week's guest is a doozy, I have to say. I'm chatting to the one and only Shiva New York. Shiva chats about Beverly Hills, New York, Atlanta. We get a lot into production and sound effects and interviews and how all that stuff seems to work on these shows, which I thought was such an interesting chat. And you know what? Not to shame any other previous guests on the show. But this week, Shiva really went there with the taglines. She has three of them. I won't spoil what they are because they need to be heard to be believed. But there's a level of effort she put into her taglines that I... uh, I don't know if other guests will be able to keep up with this. But anyway, I think I need to stop talking and let you hear this for yourself. Here is Shivani Rourke on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a coordinator with Conrad Aguilga, and she is a producer and broadcaster with Tishi Carr, including on the show Relta Ocasquelta, which is back on your screens this autumn. And alongside that, she manages to fit in the Real Housewives as well somehow. I don't know how. Uh, Shivani Rook, welcome to Housewives and Me. Hello, do you good, bitch? How are you? <laughs> oh my God, I don't think there's ever been this much Irish on the podcast so far. I feel ma- very, very Irish today. This is a bilingual show now, Connor. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally going to write to DJ Carr after this and be like, any thoughts in an Irish language Housewives program where I speak maybe three words of Irish? <laughs> We could do Housewives Osquelga. You could be like the Andy Cohen of that. Please. I was actually going to ask you, like, could we? Could you do like the real Housewives of the Gale Sucks? Like, would there be something in that? Oh, you'd have some absolute weapons. He'd be great at it. There'd be loads of drama. Lots of drama, I'm sure. Between the Ballantees, you know, and who's trying to get the most um, students into the house. And, you know, you have the Housewives who want all the boys. You have Housewives who just want girls. Like, oh yeah, you could totally do it. Oh my God, the Real Housewives mm-hmm. of Banantees. You heard mm-hmm. it here first. Mm-hmm. Okay, well the that's... The Real Housewives of Connemara. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so that idea is germinating in the back of my mind, but let's focus on your Housewives you inhabits for now. I'm so curious how you got into Real Housewives. So I think like so many others over the past few years, I was searching from some sort of escapism to get away from everything. Um, I'd always been aware of Housewives peripherally, maybe on the channels I didn't really watch on Sky back in the day. Um, And I did have a few friends that watched it religiously back then. I think the burst of popularity during the pandemic definitely lured me in. I am a sucker. I have a penchant for bandwagons. Um, And then also the fact that I live currently with three men. I live with my partner and two friends at the moment. And I just, I miss women. I miss women so much, or I did. During the pandemic, we were locked down. My sisters, my friends, and these ready-made, ready-to-go, flat-packed packs of friends, ready on the other side of my laptop. Um, It just like provided me with this like familial comfort so obviously that's not why I started but it's why I got sucked in and I kept going Um, although kind of on the flip side of that coin I've become a little bit overly reliant on them now now I get invites from my family and friends and I'm like sorry now I have like six women in Atlanta I need to go see <laughs> you're like oh I've got plans on my other group of friends I'm like oh yeah. you wouldn't know them it's Candy and Portia they I they're friends from work yeah, we're going to the old lady them. gang yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god it's amazing so what was your first um what was the first city that you got into so my first was Beverly Hills I kind of feel like I did it right I feel like when you learn to read and write you do ABC when you learn to sing you do Do Re Mi and when you watch Housewives you go Beverly Hills New York, Atlanta. And that is the order mm-hmm. that I did. So I started with Beverly Hills. I feel like most people do start with Beverly Hills. Um, I don't know, is it because it is so flashy? Um, but that's where I started with. So you did Beverly Hills, then New York. Like that's a, You've picked the kind of holy trinity for a lot of people. I, I mean, think, yeah, the I, trifecta. I'm, I think yeah. so too. And what have you noticed going between, I mean, we'll get into each show individually, but just mm-hmm. how have they contrasted for you as a viewer? Because they are, as you probably noticed, quite different in terms of where the stories go and the kind of characters. Completely. So what, for Beverly Hills, I think the wealth is the one that sta- is the thing that stands out to me the most in Beverly Hills. Like it's almost vulgar compared to the others. I feel very far removed from these women. I feel very, I don't see much in common with these women. Um, and it was the first one I watched so I didn't really I thought this was what all the housewives were like but then when you watch New York and they're more kind of self-made and they're not as rich um, I'm not saying I have much in common with these ladies either but I was able to maybe relate to them a little bit more and they weren't painfully rich and it wasn't all diamonds and a million cars and 
I don't know, maybe because they were in a, in a city as well. I just felt like it wasn't this sprawling expanse of gorgeous grass and possibilities like it was in Beverly Hills. Um, and then Atlanta, I feel, is just like, I, I just, I love Atlanta. Oh my God, it's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. Now, maybe it's because it's the most recent one I'm watching. I always like get really into the one I'm watching at the time. Um, but I feel like Atlanta, I just, I love every single one of the housewives in Atlanta. Like there's no one I dislike in Atlanta. So I know from chatting to you just before we spoke today that you were kind of up to date on pretty much New York and Beverly Hills. But with Atlanta, are you like, are you up to the most recent season as well? No, I'm on season 12. So I think I have season 13 to go and then I'm, then I'm up to date. Jeez, you're still, you're still doing very well. It's a lot of episodes in the space of like a year, really. And um, it's so interesting to me as well that you mentioned that you're were, you were living with men and you need that kind of just shot of like seeing women interact like have you seen any similarities with your own kind of friend groups or anything I mean obviously the situations and as you said the status is totally different in terms of wealth mm-hmm. but like are there any common common kind of things that come up yeah definitely I think whenever you have a group of women there's always going to be maybe some competitive edges and some maybe some jealousy and then some true you know really deep connections and there's been like there's been occasions of that in every single city um but I I, I definitely see some parallels between you know how some of them treat each other and how some of me and my friends might treat each other the odd time um and and also I like watching the relationships between the mothers and their kids um again maybe this because I was missing my mom during housewives but I I found myself being quite analytical of how they do treat their kids and maybe being a little bit too judgmental at times like when um Yolanda used Bella Hadid's DUI as a storyline I couldn't get over that I was like that is your daughter you are throwing her literally Mm. to the whole world about something quite illegal um so maybe I was a little bit too judgmental that because I am not a mother yet and god knows what I would do if I if I was a mother but um I I loved watching those kind of the family relationships more than anything I just thought that that was really interesting yeah I'd forgotten about that particularly because now Bella and Gigi are so famous yeah like they weren't like they weren't when the show aired and like (laughs) yeah just being like what Bella did was just so awful like she was so upset and I always felt like she preferred Gigi like it's so hugely like she favored Gigi so much more than Bella yes definitely and the favoritism doesn't end there like with with Lisa Vanderpump with Max and Pandora like oh my gosh she could not have (laughs) preferred Pandora more I know oh my god like the, the politics around the kids alone are crazy so let's go into I think we should just go into the like each city city by city because I feel Mm -hmm. like each one is so different and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've so let's do the the one you watch first Beverly Hills um Mm -hmm. I guess what are your thoughts on that as a show overall and if you're watching this season what do you make of it because this season is just absolutely like bonkers it is yeah so like I said like it was just so wealthy and glamorous and shiny and I always found with Beverly Hills and I didn't notice until I watched the the other two cities that the events they don't seem as planned specifically for filming as the other shows like there was always a launch of a restaurant or a charity do or Kyle Richards white party and it just seemed like normal life to them like I just like it it was astounding to me all these events now I realize that they kind of coincided and you know maybe um were a little bit a little bit planned uh for, for the cameras but um I just loved I almost was watching it being like how can I make my life a little bit more like that and like looking at my <laughs> calendar and being like maybe we should do specific things just to celebrate specific little tiny milestones in all of our lives um but it, it was just the glamour of this one I thought like early on in this there was so much drama early on in Beverly Hills like um Taylor Armstrong mm-hmm. and the husband like my jaw nearly hit the floor when that story came out on camera like they really they really played it out as a storyline I really thought like mm-hmm. if that happened that they would then go and kind of play it off scene off camera and maybe put up like a you know a, a, a screen at the end of the episode being like you know RIP to Russell Armstrong who passed away but no they played mm-hmm. it out so actively on camera I just couldn't get over that but I I really enjoyed seeing all the extra celebrities and stuff in this one as well like that was I thought that that was like a housewives thing then you know that it was all name dropping yeah. and celebrities and Oscars and that kind of stuff as well but I really liked how glossy and glamorous Beverly Hills was now I don't like the glamour the glam squads the glam teams like I honestly think that Dorit is just on housewives to get Instagram pictures now I really do. <laughs> she's just doing. She's, she's doing just for the doing gram. photo dumps. Yeah. 
she's just doing it for the gram now like it actually kind of grinds my gears when they and now I do realize that like they've always had glam like the, most of them do get their hair and makeup done whenever they have filming planned I assume they normally schedule in hair and makeup and I understand that so I know, I know it's not just a new thing but it's the emphasis on it that I just I'm not mad about it's also funny like there's on last week's episode where like they're you know sh- showing them all and get ready for Kyle's Christmas dinner which is like an event but it's still just them having dinner at Kyle's house it's not like yes. there's tons of people there and like Dorit's getting full glam and she's like I love this bouncy hair <laughs> so good to be glam I'm like you're glam all the time you're saying this like you never get your makeup done it's just so good to be glam I'm like as you say your life is a giant Instagram photo shoot when are you not in glam yeah yeah and I really feel like she has molded her personality around just being a, a look queen and I know one of her taglines one of the years or one of the seasons was about turning looks and turning another look and I'm like is that is that really what you want to be known for like don't you want to have some drama don't you want to have a storyline I suppose mm. she is trying to detract from maybe the negative stuff in the media about the money and the millions and the bankruptcy so maybe that's what she's trying to do but I just feel like it's such a weak thing to hinge your character on I also love that you said look queen because I I'm guessing that means you must at some point of watch your Paul's Drag Race even though Ooh, I didn't know if you did yes <laughs> you, you said it so casually I was like oh okay she even watches Drag Race and I just didn't realise <laughs> a little bit I might I, I dabbled <laughs> she was like she's very, she said that very fluently suggests to me that it's I'm on her fluent in drag. don't worry fluent, I'm fluent in Irish and in drag <laughs> That's, okay we haven't got to taglines but yeah, we might sorry, have to sorry. add that to the list no we'll have to add that to the list Um. so obviously Dorit's having a funny season because she's sort of taking a backseat glam aside like mm-hmm. where are you and I mean look as we talk God knows what will happen this week and the week after but the Erica Jane of it all where are you I am team anti-Erica like I couldn't be more (laughs) anti-Erica like I just I just don't believe it there's no way what she just coincidentally decided to to divorce him and then the worst story ever came out about her husband I just don't buy it I never have I just didn't believe it from the beginning Um, I do think that he was horrible to her for their whole relationship and I have a lot of sympathy for her for being in a horrible horrible relationship and like the way he spoke to her at that dinner with um, Lisa Vanderpump oh yeah it was the one with Lisa Vanderpump and he kind of like like no Erica I'm speaking now like that was so horrible to watch but now I just don't think she's as innocent as she's claiming to be and like I am so glad that Garcelle is pulling her up and being like hello let's center the victims once again because they are the victims and I think it was she said last week Garcelle she said you will always be okay and it was Mm -hmm. like that like in, like Erica took that as an insult like she you could see the hairs on her back get up when Garcelle said that and I'm like how are you how does that get your goat you know how does that line get your goat and not the fact that you're like she hasn't been very critical of Tom really yeah I can't figure out like I you know I'm listening to so many podcasts about these shows now and I'm seeing all this fan commentary and then I'm talking to people like yourself who are fans like and we're all like thinking about everything she said and done and I can't get my head around is she doing that to protect Tom or is it that she has to be careful like of not saying too much to seem culpable like because it's just at one point she was implying that he only did this because of the car crash but it's like well we've got years of of allegations that would say he's been he did this before his mental state deteriorated and then at times she's hyper emotional but then when it comes to really having the conversation She's barely able to talk. Oh, she goes, Ice Queen. Yes. Oh, in that (laughs) LA Times article you so closely read. It's like, yeah. A legit, like the LA Times sourced. That's a great impression, Connor. uh, Thank you. The the LA Times sourced and like fact checked a very in depth piece about you. The half the women said it was too long to read. It's not like, you know, someone with an Instagram caption going, I think I saw Erica Jane at this place. Like, it's just. Oh, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's really too bizarre. it's too defensive. It's too defensive, and it's defensive at the wrong time. You know, like I understand if she if she didn't know anything about it, being defensive about not being involved, but she's defensive about everything, and it just it just doesn't compute. It just doesn't make sense to me. I really just don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I just cannot because she hasn't done any press for this season for obvious reasons, and the rest of them have been more public facing. Aside from Erica's really badly judged social media, so I'm so curious what the reunion is going to be like like I actually can't even fathom like do you think is she definitely going to be there is she she said she she has said as much and I think it would make sense for her to go and kind of turn up I mean 
I love the way Lisa Ren is just so proud of her for filming. Like these, these like, it's good that you're here. I'm like, well, yeah, but she's picking up a check. She's not, this isn't charity work. I'm glad you turned. I'm, I'm glad you came. I'm like, yeah, she, if not, yeah, she, what, leave she, the show and have no money? She's not doing anyone a favor except for her own wallet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lisa Rinna is, is, um, I don't know. Lisa Rinna chooses the wrong time to be the, to be a good person. Oh, that's a, oh, wow. That's a great way of putting it. Like she can, she can be so, you know, open and warm and understanding and kind of the person, like she's a friend you want to have in certain situations, but she just does it at the wrong time for people. Yeah. And it's like, she, then she'll be like, oh no, I've grown, I've evolved on this. And it's like, okay, but you're in your fifties and you did this a year ago. It's not like we're talking about your college years when you were big, like, She's always apparently evolving, but I'm like, if you have to evolve that much, there's something wrong. Like, yeah, no, you know? but I think she said it in, in the first season. Lisa Rinna was in, wasn't she? Was like, I- I'll sell diapers, I'll sell diapers, I don't care. And I think that that's been very apparent the whole time. She's really just pushing the storylines that's going to get her her camera time, and she's just she's selling diapers. She's still to this day selling diapers. <laughs> obsessed with <laughs> like just out of shot every time they film she's like i got diapers does anyone want a diaper i have a whole erica? box come on <laughs> erica take a diaper take a diaper for the road sweetie <laughs> she has like a, a like that shed she showed of all her designer clothes the other side is just yeah 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 adult it's diapers. like a, a wall a yeah, wall yeah, of adult yeah. diapers she has left over oh my god are there any um are there any favorite moments from Beverly Hills now that you've kind of watched like what we're on season 11 now, season 12? Yeah. Like you've watched so many seasons in a short space of time. Is there yeah. any any moments over the years that have kind of from Beverly Hills that have stood with, stayed with you? I have to say like I found it so hard to go back and think about favorite moments because I did watch, I've watched all, all of these. I started in June 2020. Um, so in like just over a year I've watched all of Beverly Hills New York and most of Atlanta so and and to me it's almost like hard to um, tell the seasons apart because they all kind of blend into one for me Um, I have (laughs) to say I don't know if I should enjoy this but when Kim Richards was on the plane with Adrian and Paul you know she was late and they were going to a basketball game and she was absolutely bobbied bobbied (laughs) on that airplane I just thought that was like I don't want to say funny because obviously she has she has problems and she has addiction issues but I just remember that scene standing out to me and just being like wow 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 I just I just thought just the way she moves and the way she speaks sometimes was funny anyway regardless and then the fact that she was on a plane and it's the looks Adrian and Paul were exchanged with each other being like is this actually uh, happening <laughs> um so that was definitely one that I liked and I loved I like I mean if you watch how Housewives, you do love the conflict. You do love the confrontations. Um, when Brandy slapped Lisa Vanderpump in the face oh, yeah. on the boat. <gasps> oh, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like that's something you would have done when you were like a child. You know, when you went just a little bit too far when you were messing sometimes and you were like, oh my God, I really shouldn't have done that. But there is Brandy doing it, whatever age she was, to one of her friends on camera. <laughs> I just, once again, did not compute. I know and actually I actually used a gif of that the other day because I was I don't know what I was looking for something for a tweet and that gif came up and I use it because it's, it's like such a you're right like a cheeky like playful childish slap but then Lisa's like oh but it, like, <laughs> she's so stricken because it is though like, I, like yeah I it's mad physical a physical altercation when you're trying and especially someone to Lisa Vanderpump who like is so prim and proper and like holds yeah. all of English history on her back you know to be slapped in the face then by a Beverly Hills horn oh god <laughs> Brandy slap me what you, do? you don't need to do that Brandy you've gone, you've gone too far now I really didn't like that oh that's great oh my god can you do Ken <laughs> no I can't I can do Lisa because she Lisa does that thing that a lot of like I think kind of glam older gals do. It was just a, it was just a little yeah. pause, really. You know, you really, really talk. Kyle, I just pause, you know. So that's the secret. If you ever want to do your own Lisa Vanderpump, you just, just always pause, a little pause. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, that's the masterclass in accents I'm doing today. Um, so that's, that is the Beverly Hills gals. Mm-hmm. You then moved on to the lovely ladies of New York City, who, of course, have a different vibe, a different energy. I think for me, New York is almost like a comedy. It's kind of like a, once slapstick. it gets into. Yeah. Yes, it is slapstick. So how do you feel about that show overall? And then I guess the new season too, because 
this new season hasn't been amazing but mm. then also because it's not been amazing the conversation around it has been fascinating yeah I love New York oh my god I was going back so my part of my research for this podcast was literally just like um searching the housewives names in my whatsapp history because I have <laughs> oh used my god. yeah and like there's so much there was like a wealth of information there and all my thoughts and opinions on different season and moments and um, because I actually have I have a few friends who live abroad and who have been abroad mm. for the whole pandemic and housewives has been like a vessel for our friendship during this time because we're not doing anything oh. no one was doing anything it's like oh did you go for another walk today but then we'd be like oh my god did you see what Dorit wore yesterday and like yes. it, it was so fun so yeah I have a lot I have a lot of thoughts written down on my whatsapp and I, I actually there was one that stood out to me and I said about New York I'm on season three and I've never never loved anything more um, and then I think two days later, I was like, I'm on the season four reunion. Like, that's how how fast oh I was God. consuming this. Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, so I adored New York. Oh, my God. There were some personalities in this that I just wanted to, like, I want to, I want to be some of them. Like, Bethany Frankel, I want to take a, bro- a bite out of Bethany Frankel's brain and take a little bit of her wit, some of her <laughs> speed. Um, just as, like, as a, as a broadcaster, to be able to come up with that kind of stuff on the spot, it's so valuable. I just love Bethany. I, obviously, she has her flaws, but I just loved her as a character. Um, I love the way that they were all a little bit more self-made and a little bit more self-reliant. I thought that that was uh, just a different kind of housewife. Um. I got homesick in, well, you know, when, like when you get a hangover, like a book hangover, you finish a book and then you're mm. like still in that book's mindset and you can't really start the next one. I felt you know, like whenever they did a big shake up of the cast, I was like, oh, I miss, I miss my mates. I miss like, like yeah. from season four to season five and they axed, um, they axed Jill and Alex and Kelly. Well, Kelly, thank God. But then they brought in Carol, <laughs> Heather and Aviva. And yeah. I was like, who are these brand new people? It was like I'd switch schools or something. Um, so I yeah. got really, really attached to these women. And I I just loved, I, I loved a lot of the characters in it. Kelly Ben Simone, what a character, what a character. Didn't love her, but loved to watch her. I just, I always think of like now, well, now it's a gif in my head, but that moment of her running in traffic alongside <laughs> yeah. the cabs. But isn't that what everyone does? Isn't that what everyone does in New York? Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's also like when you're in New York and you see how like the footpaths and the sidewalks in New York are massive and the actual roads they're on are huge. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not like here, you know, sometimes if you were jogging on certain parts, in Dublin, certain parts, if you were jogging alongside the canal, you might have to kind of pass somebody, might be on the road for a second and back on the path. She was in the middle of these yeah. massive New York City streets, yeah. not a bother on her. I'm also like, did the cameraman run in front of her? How did they get the oh my shots God, you're of her? So right. you're so, I'm so into the production of these shows. Actually, we might talk about that later when we get to Atlanta because that's when my interest in the production has really peaked. Um, but have you seen Kelly Ben Simone on TikTok now? I've seen one or two videos oh, and they're, uh, they're mental from she, what I can she gather. She cannot sink her like she cannot lip sync so she's like five minutes behind the sound of tiktok and the tiktok's only 60 seconds long so you can understand you can you can <laughs> only imagine how off sync she is with the sounds um she's hilarious she's just a i don't know a bag of cats as mad a bag bag of cats is kelly um i loved carol radziwill loved her such a different type of woman to bring into housewives i think and i love that um i love how neurotic she got over the election that's so me that's so me just getting hung up on something and not being able to talk about anything else and your friends being like please we talk about something else um and that's something else that i loved about new york i kind of felt like i could see a little bit of myself in some of the women sometimes you know like getting blackout drunk maybe doing things you shouldn't have done been there being neurotic (laughs) over topics been there and I just I just liked that I felt like the New York ladies were a little bit more relatable yeah I mean I think they're slightly more I don't know they're just they're kind of richer characters I think Mm. as well I Mm. think that's part of the fun of it and I think you're right Carol was someone who like was such a different vibe for Housewives I think she sort of lost her way as the more she stayed on the show but even that was interesting because it was watching someone come in as one thing and then sort of leave as another yeah I like I I like how much she embraced it at the start because you know maybe someone that different would come in and be like oh not for me but she really did get her like get her hands dirty in it and did a good stint of a few seasons and yeah I agree she did kind of lose her way towards the end but while she was there and especially at the start she was like in it properly you know and now it's you know and technically this is aired a while ago but I suppose for you it probably happened 
two months ago and you're binge watching. <laughs> Where did you stand on Carol versus Bethany on Carol's last season? Oh, I, I found that so hard to watch because I loved the two of them together and I loved them mm-hmm. being friends. I definitely think that... Um, I could see both of their sides. I think Carol was a little bit more in the right than Bethany. Um, I like I loved Bethany, but I could also see all the times that she was wrong, you know. And um, I think that Bethany found it very hard to admit wrongdoing. Um, I, I don't. I, I honestly, I wouldn't have taken a side if I was friends with both of them. I would have been like, I understand, but can you not just like put things to the side? And <laughs> I, I, I would have, I would have liked Bethany to kind of um be a little bit more forgiving about it because it, it, it was kind of a non argument at the same time, and it was like uh, a kind of oh a kind of meeting of like a, a butting of heads. But they had like Bethany had already like made up her mind that this was it, and she wasn't getting over it. I think. Yeah, and I always felt like with that that Bethany took a small thing with Carol and, and ran with it mm-hmm. all through the season and mm-hmm. sowed the seeds. And Carol only realised once the show had was airing and yeah. she got to the reunion and she was like, what the fuck? And Bethany was like, you were doing this all along. And she's sitting there going, I really wasn't. So yeah. it was like two sides of the coin, like how to play the reality game. Yeah. One is to be really on top of things and the other is to be like, I'm just myself and what, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And I think that like there was always the possibility that, uh, with Bethany and Carol that they'd, that, that they'd either get on really, really well or that they wouldn't get on at all. And luckily they started off getting on really, really well. But then that thing happened and a chip came between them. And then I think it was too e- I think it was I think it was very easy for them to dislike each other or for Bethany to dislike Carol because I think the possibility was always there because they were a little bit similar. That's Roni of times past, but we're in the middle of like a tricky season mm. where between COVID and and a smaller cast group and like, you know, them trying to have more meaningful conversations that certain cast members are not ready for. It's a different kind of vibe. I mean, you've really like flew through like the peak years of that show and now you're probably watching a not so amazing season weekly. Like how has that experience been for you? Oh, painful. So painful. Like I miss, oh. <laughs> yeah, I miss New York at times past. Like it was my favorite thing in the world. It was my lifeblood. It was my um, IV drip to get me through the day. And now like, it's just like, I'm still watching it. Um, but I, I just find it very painful at the moment. It's just kind of plodding along. And it's like every episode, it's like, it's almost has some speed and then something happens and Ramona interjects and kind of like puts a stop to things. And it's, it's like, they keep having to stop and reset in every episode. So it never kind of moves forward. I feel, um, I'm not sure about Leah. I'm just not sure about her as a housewife. Like I know I said, I like different housewives and, you know, mm-hmm. Different mm-hmm. kinds of people, but I'm just not sure about her. Um, I'm just not 100% about her. Ebony, I love Ebony, and like my heart is just breaking watching her because all she's saying to the other women is like, hear me, see me, acknowledge me, and they just can't even do that like baseline of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think time is up for Sonia, Ramona, and Luan. Like, <gasps> yeah, I do, I do. I think it's time for the three of them to go. The three of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I would keep Sonia. I would maybe, I could lose Ramona. I consider losing the lamb, but I don't think I could lose Sonia. I love Sonia, but she's so self-destructive and it's, it's. I think it's it's hard to watch and she's been like this since mm. the beginning and there's not been much growth and I don't know. Like, I love Sonia. So that's why I'm kind of like, I think she needs to leave so she can have some personal growth because it's just, it's not happening on camera here and it's not happening while she's still getting all this attention. So actually from a very like selfless perspective, I want Sonia to go. <laughs> You're like, it's not about the show. This is about you. <laughs> babe like this would be you as a producer listen Sonia we love you on the show but you gotta get some time away like yeah. you totally set it that way completely completely yeah yeah it's not it's not you it's um it's you <laughs> <laughs> you but Jesus if Andy Cohen gets wind of this he's gonna follow through we're gonna have a very different season okay that's interesting mm. so we've had Beverly Hills New York and you are I mean, you said you weren't up to date, but you've watched 12 seasons so like you know uh, yeah. you're doing pretty well with Atlanta I mean that to me New York and Atlanta are the top dogs and I do think that Atlanta slightly edges it because it's just so much more dynamic what goes on. So like, talk to me about how you feel about Atlanta. Oh, everything. I feel everything about Atlanta. I just <laughs> love it. Like I said, like there just hasn't been many housewives who have gone through Atlanta who I disliked or who I who really jarred with me and like every single one. I like them on their own as well as together. Whereas I feel yes. in a lot of the other um, a lot of the other cities, if there was a solo scene with someone, I was kind of like went on my phone, started scrolling. 
but with Atlanta, I'm into all of their personal lives and when they're all together. I just love mm-hmm. it. I loved the way a lot of the husbands got involved. Some of the husbands were the biggest shit sirs on the whole show. I love the kind of, I think it's more of a community vibe in Atlanta. Like they all know each other. They all know things about each other. They all have the friends in common. And I think it's more, it's like a local thing. Whereas in Beverly Hills and in New York, especially in New York, like they're just like five women in New York who no one really knows in New York. Whereas in Atlanta, everyone knows them and everyone knows each other. And I kind of love that kind of whole local thing. It's like, you know, if you're from somewhere and you go back home for the weekend and you know everyone, I feel like that's what Atlanta's like. That's such a good way of putting it. And I don't know if it's because they had existing relationships before the show Mm. or just that the women on the show have become proper local celebrities. But you're right, it does feel like Atlanta, the place, is like, you know, very much orbiting around these women versus like in New York, those that cast is amazing but they're a drop in the bucket because New York is such a big city. Yes, yes. They're, they're big fish in a small pond in um in, in Atlanta, whereas it's the opposite in, in, in New York. I also love about Atlanta is that it's the source of a lot of memes and online content. And like now yes. when I see it, I'm like, oh my God, that's the meme. That's the meme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Nini going, the white refrigerator. You're like, oh, or even... Um... <laughs> Nini going, it's getting weird. I'm realizing what that's from. (laughs) It's just so funny. It's like, oh my God, this show in particular has given so much to meme culture. Yes, yeah. And I also love the like colloquialism of it all. Like I love their language and I love their terminology. And it's, it's very easy to like get familiar with them because of that, I think. And it's... Oh, I just, it's so established because of that, between like the the uh, very close relationships they have with each other, between the language that they all use. Oh, one thing I love that they all say is not the, you know, when someone says yeah, something, they're like, yeah. not the. And I, <laughs> yeah. I just think it's, it's just, it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. It's two words and they just add it, they just repeat something back to someone that someone has said and suddenly it's hilarious. I, it's, it's so simple. Because I actually think that might be what Nini, she, I think Nini says, not the white refrigerator she says something like that yeah yeah. and then that has become like a lot of I mean like a lot of black American culture and Mm -hmm. slang it has gone really mainstream and now everybody says not this not that like it's funny it's kind you realize like I mean there's been a conversation online about like like sort of the problematic side of people like leaning on gifts of black women Mm -hmm. too much but like that show was an education in oh wow like so much of modern slang and like online culture is rooted in like black women being fucking hilarious yeah a hundred percent they are so funny like oh, I just want to spend a, a day in a room with all of them together and I feel that with Atlanta they're actually like you you learn about a culture whereas with New York and with Beverly Hills there wasn't really it was just a few people with not much in common whereas I love when the women of Atlanta do kind of have events about you know the the black men of Atlanta or they're taught they're, yeah. they're having a, a an event for women strong women in business black women in business in Atlanta and I just I really feel like that that culture is a very strong theme in it and I just really enjoy learning about it you mentioned in passing their kind of production and how production comes up on the shows and you said that Atlanta really fascinated you from the angle so so yes. what did you mean when you say because obviously you work in telly so like yeah you're probably so- aware of the strings of it yeah, so I actually do a lot of production for online content and in content creation online. And I work on a lot of kind of like three minute long videos. So in three minutes, like you don't have that much time, but you want to convey a lot in it. And I just, I started working in that kind of line of work while I was watching the Atlanta seasons. And I just really started noticing like their use of music, their use of sound effects. Um, I actually, I, they've used it more in Beverly Hills you know when someone is listing something and they do this kind of quick uh, side swipe transition between what whatever they're listing and it's kind of to emphasize the mm-hmm. length or the amount of things that they're listing I've used that in some of my videos the use of sound effects <gasps> if that yeah yeah literally I take this from Housewives <laughs> and I'm like I'm so it's gonna, educational I'm use, absolutely honestly I'm sitting there taking notes sometimes their use of sound effects you know sometimes like sound effects are so effective for just little little things in videos and you know I'll add uh like prison door slamming or uh they might, might be like a Ooh. ding or or yeah if someone says something and it's a little bit like a, a little bit conflicting it'll be like ding ding like they've won the round or something if it's a little bit of shade or if it's a little bit like something like that thrown and I honestly have been using this myself and their use of music um when they cha- when they like attach a certain theme to a person so I know they used to do this for Nini whenever Nini was on the screen they'd have this theme and it was like 
and I, 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 I love that you sang. That's amazing. I can actually, yeah, I know, I know the music you mean as well, yeah. And like, I don't know if I was Nini, if I would have loved it because it was like, "Here comes trouble." Was basically what they were saying with that theme. But I just thought it was really yeah. clever use of music, and it was like, you know, they they didn't they they do that in opera. It was like an operatic theme. So yes, I'm here comparing mm. Housewives to Wagner when you know you'd know someone was was there because their music was playing, and they did the same in Beverly Hills with um Alex and Simon with the tradition or the kind of classical music whenever they were on screen even when they were in that hell hole in the Hamptons they'd play this like do 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 um so I just think it's so clever so clever and it adds so much um and now I've become really obsessed with the questions from producers while they're doing their confessionals mm-hmm I've always wondered how they do them because they ask them obviously in a certain tense because they tell the story as if they're there. So they obviously ask the questions in the present tense, you know, because it's not like, oh, yeah. we were there. It's like, I was just. And I just think I, I I always want to hear how they're phrasing the question. And recently in Atlanta, and I know they've started doing it in Beverly Hills as well, they've started to sometimes leave in the producers asking the questions from behind the camera and then the the housewives answering in the confessional. And I just love that. I kind of love when they break break the fourth wall and we get a little bit of behind the scenes kind of action. Um, I think, and do you know what's actually really interesting is my, my partner was on a show before called uh, The Ultimate Fighter, which is basically like, America's next top model for fighters. Okay. Oh wow! Like for yeah. UFC kind of. Yes. Vibes. Yeah. Exactly. And America's I, next top UFC fighter. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, they. I don't think they had a. a, a Tyra. I don't think they had a Tyra though. Um, <laughs> they were lacking lacking in Tyra Banks. <laughs> severely lacking in Tyra Banks. And then I, when I found out he did that, I was like, oh my God, tell me all about the confessionals. Yeah. What kind of questions did they ask? Was it in present tense? And he he didn't, re- he did it years ago and he didn't have that much to give me. So I was kind of raging that I missed out on a wealth of information there. <laughs> You're like, well, you can go now. I've had yeah. my fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I need Tyra now. Yeah. But um, I just think, I, I just love that format in shows. And I just think it's so interesting. And like, you know kind of like how often after they record the scenes do they do the confessionals do they do like three a season so that they're like doing them kind of more recently for some scenes than others yeah so from what i've kind of heard and read they do the confessionals every few weeks so that if i was asking you about an event a few weeks ago it would be fairly fresh it's also why we get the kind of change in confessional looks yeah as the season goes, and it's why sometimes, and I, I've noticed a lot on Beverly Hills this year, particularly with Erica, they're cutting between three or four confessional looks yes. from her a lot, which makes me think that they're probably they're probably piecing together more interviews of her than usual because of the stuff she's talking about. But um, the way they do it is generally every few weeks they do, I think in some shows they call them the master interviews, some call them the interview, whatever. Like I call them piece to, I'm, because I think it's a real Irish thing, piece to camera. I don't think they say that in the US, oh, but like PTCs. they do those every, yeah, they do every week, every few weeks. But then it's funny on Drag Race, which obviously this is not a Drag Race podcast, but they apparently film their interviews every day on Drag Race at the end of the day. And also what they do is on Drag Race now, if you watch old season Drag Race, you'll notice in the interviews, they change their interview looks quite a bit. Now they say, pick an outfit you will wear all season here because they want to, like, if I asked you in episode two, so what do you think of the challenge? And you go, oh yeah, it's it's a bit scary. I could keep that clip and hold it for when you're in episode eight and yes. we want to show an narrative yes, of that you. that makes so much sense. Maybe, maybe looking like you might leave the competition. So you're right. Once you think about how the interviews are set up, you realize how how produced it is and how I mean it was funny actually I saw something the other day on a recent Beverly Hills episode a producer went to ask Erica a difficult question about the legal stuff and the producer goes you've been so strong so far and then asked something else and I saw people going oh my god this shows that the production is on her side I was like no what it shows is the producers are emotionally manipulative and they will kiss the ass oh. of the person they're interviewing to get an answer out of them. Because if you went in and said, well, Erica, looks like you're a criminal. Tell me more. she go, fuck off. I'm not doing the interview. If you said, you've gone through so much, Erica. What do you think you're going to do now? You're going to get your answer. Completely. Like it's the, the game that they have to play. And from what I gather, a producer is usually assigned one housewife, maybe two. And that's who they deal with all season. And I think that's who they have in the interview chair. Now, listen, I'm sort of guessing. I don't know the full T. So it's definitely a... It's such a crucial part of the show where all of our focus on the glam and the fights. It's really like... 
if you think about it, the narrative is driven so much by the interview chair. Even small things like, I'm meeting blah because X, I'm doing X because Y, like, versus say The Hills, when The Hills, not the new version of The Hills, but the old, like mm-hmm. when The Hills first started, and they had to do all of their narration in scene, and that's why The Hills was so clunky. So I brought you here to talk to you about the launch, which I'm really excited. Oh, yeah, for Brent? Yeah. Whereas on Housewives, they can just cut to you saying, I'm talking to her about this, and then they can go back into the yes, it's so the actual clean. conversation. Yes, I, I, I just I've always wondered like you know how many times they have to ask them to rephrase things, they have to ask them to repeat things. Like I just th- I, I find it so fascinating because that's really the glue that holds the show together is the confessionals. It's because it's the narrative, you know, fully. And this now this was mentioned on the Amazing Housewives podcast bitch sesh years ago. So I'm not, I didn't come up with this information, but I mm-hmm. remember they had an anecdote from. Someone told them that like Carol Radzeville at one point had someone like punching up and kind of writing lines for her to use in her interviews because you can kind of tell sometimes when production has set has kind of like some shows you can tell production said, why don't you say this? And some shows they're taught like Atlanta is great for them saying something. And in the moment, they just say another thing. And you're like, like Porsche is great for a one liner that she just came up uh, with. And you're like, oh, my God, completely. I can tell you just same, came up with that on the top of your head. And I, I know because then she laughs her head yeah. off at herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that kind of like and she'd be like blah 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 and blah 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 and you're like oh my god she just came up with that but another thing you were mentioning kind of um, the fourth ball breaking and stuff I just love as well when they will leave a shot an interview run on too long for a second so it's like maybe like blah 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 and then they go <laughs> and they grab the drink or they kind of go <laughs> like like they shouldn't have said it like I love those moments as well me too me too or like I saw in a recent episode that I've watched actually really recently and when Eva goes oh my god I got I just got a text and like the camera literally like swings from where it was above her head down to her so she got it in real time like the camera wasn't even on her you know yeah I lo- oh it's yeah and once you watch I think once you watch it through that lens like it sounds really nerdy but I actually think it becomes more enjoyable because then it's like it's kind of like trying to figure out a puzzle you know like oh mm-hmm. but they did this but then I know that happened and also like the time frame sometimes where like okay, but that happened at Christmas but this seems to have been in like October so because you know sometimes they probably move scenes around and drop things in like it's not you know super linear but yeah that side of it is fascinating so it is time to ask a question I love asking guests and today is I think going to be the first because we might try and do this in two languages maybe mm-hmm. so you've watched a lot of housewives i'm wow. dying to know what would your housewives tagline be and we'll do it in english and if you can do one in irish that's great you might have to translate for me because mm-hmm. i won't have a breeze but it might be fun to like tr- try it in two languages yes definitely okay so i put a lot of thought into this connor and basically i <laughs> compartmentalized my life into like three seasons so in my <gasps> head yes i've done three seasons of housewives and then I was asked because I only have three. <laughs> um, oh, wow, so. that's very specific. <laughs> Production so. just felt I had given all I could give. So. <laughs> so my first season is when I'm introduced to the franchise and I'm just introducing myself and I'm just letting people know what I'm all about. So my first tagline is, now this one is in Irish, but I will then repeat it in English afterwards. Okay. It's, Tom Gahongok, Tom Leaf in Welga. August, a bitch. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what it means, so I love it already. <laughs> <laughs> so that means I'm bilingual. I'm fluent in Irish and in bitch. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, wow. That is, that's fucking brilliant. Okay. I think that that's important when you're establishing yourself as a housewife, that you need to come in strong with something about being bitchy and not taking any shit. So that's my 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 baseline mm-hmm. coming into first season my second season in the second <laughs> season it's the one I get engaged okay so I oh. yeah so I well this is actually based on real life I proposed to my now fiance in 2019 yeah so yes. this is the season where that happens okay and so this okay. one this, this one's in <laughs> on English. the show yeah on the show in your yeah. head this would have happened Filmed, yeah and he, he definitely okay. would have let it he definitely would have been so excited <laughs> about it happening on camera um so this is my second season now, this one's just in English okay so it goes if I like it, there's nothing I won't go down on my knees for. Oh! <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's something I wouldn't put a break on or something. You were like, no, let me go for the double entendre. <laughs> also, I feel like I feel like your engagement will be hinted at in the trailer. And so 100%. the fans are like, is she talking about her engagement? Or... <laughs> Oh my god, I wasn't expecting that. I don't even think I don't even want to imagine what that would be in Irish. Oh my god, I'm sure it would Ooh, be. Oh, do you oh want it? I mean, I could I give it a bash, ask Welga. Yeah, try. Okay, I mean, okay. I, I won't know what the words are, but I'm sure it'll sound good. Okay. <laughs> 
Ma hat nien shalom, nil rudder bit na rockin' er mogli in a fuckin' But that actually sounds much nicer in Irish. Oh, really? Does it not sound It doesn't sound, because I just don't know the words, but I'm like, okay, I'm impressed that you were able to do that so quickly. Oh my God. Well, it sounds like you have one more, so I guess fire away. Yeah, so it's not a complete one, but I do want to kind of um, bring in my my line of work. So I want to say something about T.G. Carter here. Um, apologies, T.G. Carter, <laughs> if, if you don't like this. <laughs> so I'm trying to rhyme Carter with something, because I just feel like, I just feel like it would go well. So the words that Kaher would rhyme with is Aher, which means dad or daddy, if we really wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Laher, which means leather, but Bula Laher Osquelga means having sex. It literally means like beaten leather. So like beaten skin off each oh. other. Yeah. So <gasps> I think, but I think in this um, mythical, very mythical season, I think I'll have something with someone's dad and that's why I'm going to go for this one. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to say... I might work for TG Kaher, but you might want to keep me away from your Aher. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on Housewives, you come in for a season yeah. as a bitch in yes. your own terminology. And then in the second season, you have like this raunchy double entendre, but you get engaged, which yes. wins the viewers over. But then in your final season, you go absolutely mad, clearly <laughs> finish your engagement, work for an Irish broadcasting company, that, and then also have sex with someone's dad, apparently. <laughs> Like, or at least flirt with someone's dad. That seems to be the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, and I think that third season actually starts next year, so I'm looking forward to it. Your fiance is going to listen to this. He's like, is there anything you want to tell me? No, no, just workshopping my reality TV career. Don't worry about it. It's not real. It's a story, it's right? It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Lock up your dads, because Shiva's going to use them for reality TV fodder. For content. It's content. It's all content. <laughs> Were you flirting with my dad? No, just for the cameras. <laughs> for the cameras. No, don't worry about it. I'm engaged. I'm engaged. It's cool. <laughs> oh my god wow Jesus I tell you this show is feast or famine people come on and they're like sweating for 10 minutes about a tagline and you're like here's three and they're in two languages <laughs> well, and I, I also you- plot on my arc <laughs> <laughs> And exit. Um, I no. <laughs> oh I'm going to be honest, Connor. Though I definitely have thought about this before, and this isn't my that like that first one I have used at a party before. So, but the next two were okay. originals. We're OGs, just for you. God, I'm very lucky because mm-hmm. most people just use the one they use at their friends. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I sell all the time parties. You're like, and here are two more. Okay, wow, <laughs> Jesus. I need I need a moment after that. Okay, mm-hmm. so the other big question I always ask guests. God only knows how prepared you are for this one. Um, you're throwing a housewives dinner party tomorrow. You can have five people there. They can, of course, be cast members. They can be friends of, hangers-on, husbands, side characters, whoever you want at your dinner. Who are you having and why? I actually really struggled, really struggled with this one oh. um, because I kind of just want to have everyone from Atlanta and Bethany Frankel, and that's kind of my, my wish list. But then my other little... My so I'm kind of between two, okay. So there's literally like Candy, Nini, Portia, um, Phaedra, and Bethany. That's one of my wish lists. But Ooh, the other wow. wish list is basically just Kim Zosiak's family, just me and Kim Zosiak's family. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so chaotic. <laughs> me, oh Kim, God. Croy, Ariel is that their names, and the the other girl. Like I just and oh and Sweetie her assistant oh no I still I still like people still play those clips of Nini and Kim's fight on the bus oh, and like God. Nini is like you're not talking to Sweeney now and I'm like oh I know but like one of my favourite one of my standout moments from all of the seasons is when Kim Zosiak goes into that singing booth having had no prior singing exterior experience thinking she's gonna record a number one record and she can't even hit the notes that the the tr- the oh, yeah. <laughs> the singing teacher can is playing for her. It's uh, like it was excruciatingly hilarious and funny and painful all at the same time. I just loved it. It was honestly TV gold for me. <laughs> was that her singing the ring didn't mean a thing? Was it that song? Or was it turning yeah, for the party? The ring didn't uh, mean yeah. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually not a bad song and it was very dramatic. Uh, and she was just like Yeah. <laughs> She was like, <laughs> and it's like, if anyone who sang, sang this, it would actually be a bop. But like, it she's could like, be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was just, and like, I have a little bit of experience with like music and singing and stuff. And I just, you know, like they were playing a note and they were like, sing this note. And she was singing like the opposite of that note. If that's even possible to have an opposite of a musical note, but that's what she was doing. And I just, oh, I loved it. Like hook it to my veins. That was the best. 
<laughs> I also, <laughs> you've just reminded me of one of my favourite Atlanta reunion moments ever where Kim and Candy performed Don't Be Tardy for the Party. And the, it was just, <laughs> in a weird way, it was sort of emblematic of what like lockdown performances have ended up being for people. But like, yes. it was just the cast turning around, looking over their shoulder, watching them perform. And Hopping their <laughs> and that amazing <laughs> And that amazing meme of Sheree gone, definitely, I thought it was fun. Uh, I like the beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sheree, I, Sheree at reunions. I loved her at the reunion when Andy asked her, like, she by Sheree. And she was like, jog pants, jog pants, casual and athleisure <laughs> wear. <laughs> it's coming like September. Um, and she's like, t- like yeah. t- combing her own ponytail with her hand nervously. She's sweating. Mm, sweating. More like September. <laughs> oh my god they have given us so much okay so that's two very chaotic dinner parties um so you've watched three cities Mm -hmm. intensely there are obviously other ones other mountains you have to climb in the housewives world so in terms of your real housewives journey what is next for you do you think i am going to what's next on my list is i'm not gonna be able to pronounce this potomac Am yeah, I saying it Potomac, right? that's okay, exactly yes. it. Yeah. Um, Potomac is definitely next on my list. And then I want to go to, um, is Orange County, was that the first one? It is, yeah. Yes. So they're my next two on the list um, because I just know I'm going to be bereft once I finish Atlanta. Like I cannot not have a season on the go or a, a city on the go. So Potomac and then uh, Orange County. But I'm going to start Orange County at season three because that's what I've been recommended. Oh, that's a good shout. Also, I think... I think Given that it's back in September and there's one season, I think you should get in on the Salt Lake City thing now because I think oh, really? season two is going to be mental. Yeah. It's fine. I actually don't need a life for the next year anyway. So, yeah. Me either. Me- <laughs> life is overrated. Oh, we're back to normal. I'm like, are we? Yeah. Are we? I don't want to be just yet. I have some housewives to watch. <laughs> we'll see about that. It's funny, actually, because you were talking about um, production earlier and like techniques and tricks and things. And I was laughing because you mentioned the sound of a cell door slamming on the trailer for a season two of Salt Lake City. The storyline of the season is one of the women has been arrested and they're, the women obviously have feelings about that. And there's a scene where one of the women confronts the woman who's been arrested and calls her, says, who's the fraud? Good night, sweetie. And she closes the door. But they added in a prison cell door oh, slamming effect. Magic. And everybody was like, they were like, this is mental. <laughs> so I think you're on the right track with the production stuff. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. So honestly, but like sound effects are magical. They bring a, a scene from like zero to 100, which was like a little like ding. Love it. I tell you, you've done that thing now. You said that to me and I'm going to pick up on it even more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, oh my God. Yes. This is crazy. 100%. Oh. Okay, so you have a lot of housewives to watch, but you are very busy in other ways. Mm-hmm. So if people want to find you online and also check out your work, where can they do so? Yes, so you're best off following me on Instagram. That's where I am most active and where I post most of my stuff. Um, I'm just Shiva Rourke at Instagram. Um, not much else going on in that username there. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, but I'm not as active there. And I'll be back on your TV screens from the end of October. I'll be presenting Relta August Coelta on TG Cahar. Um, it is a fun family talent uh, competition and this season is going to be the best ever. So I'll be there every Saturday from the end of October. And yeah, looking forward to it. Oh my God. And to you as a reality TV buffer, you know, like I'll do the interviews, lads, move over there. <laughs> Sit down and we'll do a few interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, kind of. Sometimes very, very much so. Yeah, I want to, I kind of want to push the drama a little bit, you know, I've, I've watched too much Housewives though. I'm kind of like, did you hear what she said about you? Yeah, go I was going to say, <laughs> like, you walk over like, you're like, well, I don't want to gossip, but you should hear what they say. And in production, like, what are you doing? You're like, listen, guys, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I know my TV. I know my TV. Yeah, yeah. It's like the real housewives of a real talk is to coming soon to teaching <laughs> Okay, well, people can look out for that. And of course, they can follow you online and join you on your housewives journey. Um, Shiva, you have you have brought a lot to the plate today. I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for coming on Housewives and Me. Oh, thank you so much for the invite, Conor Gurr. Mila Mahogath. Gohi took our fad. That's all the Irish I have. <laughs> That'll do. Cheers. Thank Slan. you. That was Shiva Rourke here on Housewives and Me. Of course, you can find Shiva on Instagram and hosting Relta August Gelta on TG Cahar this autumn. I'll put a link to Shiva's Instagram in the show notes as well. If you liked what you heard today and you're listening on Apple Podcast, a rating and review would really help the show get more ears and eyes on it. So if you can do that, I'd really appreciate it. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts and follow because new episodes come out every single Tuesday. And you can find the show on social media as well at Housewives and Me is where you'll find it. Plus, I am on social media too. It's Connor Bean on Twitter and Instagram. You can find myself on the show on both of those sites. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon.